I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Play On Preview. There's this is the second last episode, although my favorite word, the penultimate episode. Penultimate, yes. Yes, of this podcast. <laughs> my name is Julia Montesano, and as always, I'm joined by the up and about Jen Bastiani. Melbourne's in the AFLW final. Sydney's got three from three rising stars, three from three wins, and three from three smiles for Jen. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, how are you? up at about two even though uh, the, my blues got a win on the weekend the boys so i'm up at about as well um we're in the same corner now we've got the same kind of winning feel so yeah we're on the same boat <laughs> i mean not quite uh given given how big saturday was for me but yeah close enough yes tell us about your saturday jim um yeah so obviously chatted about this with reiner as well just i'm just very happy uh I love seeing good football be played. It's even better when it's the teams that I support, which I know I'm meant to be less biased, but uh, you can't help but get excited when the teams you support play well. And Melbourne being in a prelim is just everything to me. Um, and knowing that the finals are going to continue to be really good games is really exciting. And then, yeah, the Swans um being three and zero young players playing well which we all know is my favorite thing so uh, there's a lot to like so far and uh we'll obviously be continuing to tip the men's footy at the end of this episode but um we'll be chatting a lot more about men's footy as the season progresses as well so there's a lot a lot uh, of good stuff happening yes stay tuned people stay tuned stay tuned but yes we are going to park the sydney stuff for, for now but we can yes. we can talk about Melbourne, which is happy start, happy times for you. So we can talk about one of your teams now, which is good. Um, yes, AFLW finals is prelim week. This is the most arguably the most exciting week in footy. I love prelim week. I think it's almost better than grand final week. Like it's absolutely teams just get so excited to get in. So I can't wait to see what happens in this one, especially because there's a couple of new teams, a couple of it could be a couple of first timers in the grand final this year. So. I'm super excited to see how this week pans out. And it's beginning with a blockbuster game. It's Adelaide against the D's at Saturday at 1.40 Australian Central Standard Time. Or if you're over in the East, it's 2.10pm. Adelaide Oval. Oh, Adelaide Oval. Everyone that 
53,000 comes in my head when Adelaide Oval comes up. I love it, but I also hate it because we lost that day really badly, but the crowd was awesome. So I'm always torn whenever I think about Adelaide Oval, but um, (laughs) let's not think about Adelaide Oval. Let's think about the last time Adelaide and Melbourne met. What happened? Yeah, so these sides played off in round seven. So this was the first of Melbourne's tough final three weeks of the season. So the, until until uh, round six, the floating fixture was happening. So we weren't finding out who was playing who until the Sunday before. But then the final three weeks all came out at once. So Melbourne was facing Adelaide, Fremantle and Brisbane, which looked like the toughest fixture of any team. And they started it by this game against Adelaide where they tried some new things and they beat um, Adelaide by 28 points, which it was a fairly significant margin. Fremantle beat Adelaide by 30 points earlier in the season, but that's kind of the the only teams that managed to beat Adelaide and also the fact that they kept them to a really low score was really significant. Um, Melbourne dominated the territory in that game and um, Tyler Hanks was on show. Uh, she was super important. So too Sarah Lampard. And it was the first game for the season uh, that Aaron Phillips had been held goalless as well. So there was a, a, lo- a lot of small storylines within the bigger one that was Melbourne's win. And about their strategy to do it, I guess um, Melbourne have known this year to play a sort of, of not so much using the wings as much as like other teams would and not making you know the ground big. They kind of use a different tactic. Are they going to use that same tactic in this game against the Crows again? I think, I mean, it's the thing that has allowed them to dominate the past five weeks. They've now won five games in a row since round six and including the weekend. So I think if it works for you, keep doing it, but but be aware that teams know that that's how you want to play now. So they need to be um, even cleaner with the ball. They need to be even smarter with the way they do it. Using Madison Gay at forward stoppages, I think, has really helped them control that territory because she's such a dominant ball winner at the stoppage, at the source. She won five clearances um, inside 50 last week, I believe, as well. So having her able to dominate those stoppages to keep the pressure on defences, keep the ball within that 50 and continue to have repeat opportunities at goal, that has been really vital to that um, setup. But then the other thing is Melbourne's defensive structure is very similar to Brisbane's in terms of the way they sit really high on the ground and but manage to keep their structure. They don't get sucked into the play. They still that kick behind the ball with a one player more of an anchor even further behind so that if there is that quick kick out, they're, they're there to intercept it and get it straight back in. And, and that is going to be so important to this game. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned before that, you know, like Melbourne obviously want to make the ground small and teams know that. Do you think, I think Adelaide's probably one of the teams that know that. Do you think they would have learned from the mistakes in round seven and be really probably even hungrier now than they were in round seven to get the win. Absolutely. And they're coming off the break as well. So they're fresher. Yep. Um, they've got fresher legs. I, I think the momentum maybe helps Melbourne though. They, they are enjoying this kind of rolling dominance, I guess. But the thing that was very obvious in that round seven game that I think um, Adelaide will try to adapt is if they got the quick break on the wings that they liked to do, get the run going, Melbourne was always able to chop that off because their defensive structure held so strong. So I think what Adelaide might try to do a little bit more is instead of trying to run the ball down there into a spacious forward line, they'll try to get a few kick and marks in there rather than just trying to have one or two people running the ball. That I think will be the key to breaking through that defensive structure of the Demons. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many different avenues at play here. It could really go... It, a lot of tactics on play. I think this is probably the, one of the games that a lot of tactics are at play because they're two, they're two very similar styles. They're two very attacking, but there's different ways to go about it. So I'm very interested Absolutely. to see how it goes, especially at Adelaide Oval as well. It's a bigger, bigger ground for AFLW than we're used to. Obviously, Adelaide usually play at Norwood Oval, so getting the chance to play at Adelaide Oval on a big ground in front of a big crowd is going to be huge. So... Um, who are you leaning to then? I guess Adelaide with the home ground advantage and you do tend to hit the home teams. But then again, <laughs> I don't know. I can see the Melbourne supporter coming out in you fiercely. <laughs> um, I'm leaning toward Melbourne because I really Ooh. like the momentum that they've got at the moment. Um, the fact that they've proven they can beat the best sides. They've proven they can beat high scoring sides. Um, and the improvement of players like Lauren McGee, who against Adelaide mm, was, was only playing, I think her third game or second game of footy. The, the amount that she has grown in that time, seeing Brenna Tarrant, having an impact forward, which she we know she's a forward, but has been playing that role in defense. I think that there's a there's a lot to like about the small, like incremental improvements at the Demons. We know Adelaide can be a really dominant side. I think we've only seen it against bottom eight teams this year though. So I'm yet to see them dominate. And I know they beat Brisbane earlier in the year, but I'm yet to see them really dominate in terms of that high scoring style that we saw in 2019, a really good side this year. And I don't know that they have it in them this year to do that. Ooh. I might come back to eat my words on that, but that's where I'm sitting. Big call. I like big calls. They're good big calls. I'm going to go this. <laughs> I'm actually going to tip Adelaide. I just, yep. as a Carlton supporter, and when it, like I said, the Adelaide Oval, it just, it gives me shivers. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing they're going back there again in a final situation in front of a big crowd on a beautiful Saturday Arvo, I am scared for the Demons and I reckon Adelaide's <laughs> going to win by 20 points. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I just have a feeling. I just know. Maybe we won't be speaking this time next year, Julia. Okay. Uh, next week, Julia. That's all right. We, why, why can't we speak? Just because I tipped Adelaide? Oh, my goodness. By 20 points? Yeah, why not? Let's see. I do lead the tipping, so I may as well keep my streak going. Do I lead you the tipping? You assume. I haven't actually yeah, tallied, haven't it, tallied up. it up. Yeah, no, I haven't. You were when we last talked about it, but um, I genuinely don't know at this point. We're going to tip the next game, though, because it's Brisbane versus Collingwood. Another AFLW yep. Ripper final, Saturday, 4.10 Australian Eastern Standard Time at the Gabba. Another big venue, another big game. And another interesting scenario about the last time these two teams met, Jim. Can you tell us about what happened there? Yeah, so these two also played off in round seven this year. So it's these two games this weekend are a replica of the round seven matchups. Prepare the pair. Um, Br- yeah, Brisbane won this one by three points with Collingwood surging late in the game, but um, never really having any sort of dominance on the game. And that was supposed um, to be it- the Gabba, wasn't it, this game? It was meant to be at Hickey Park, Hickey but it Park. got moved to yeah. Witten Oval. Yes. Ooh. So Brisbane won this game off the back of that travel that they initially shouldn't have had to do, but COVID. Um, also, I mentioned before that Aaron Phillips went goalless for the first time for the season in the in the round seven game against Melbourne. This game against Brisbane in round seven was the first time Chloe Malloy went goalless for the year, and it still is the only time she's gone goalless this year. So that's a really interesting parallel between the two games as well. I, I, I kind of love the way that it's fallen that way. That's scary, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, this was also the game where Collingwood had those defensive injuries. So Jordan Allen and Lauren Butler yeah. both went down in this game. So and who and won't be back for this one either. But it was Brisbane's maturity and leadership that shone through late in the game that really allowed Brisbane to clinch it, even though they kicked inaccurately. They kicked 4-11 in this game. Um, and then Kathy Spark held Bree Davy to 14 touches, which is well below her average this year too. So there's a lot of, again, little threads um, to pull um, in this matchup. And what are you expecting Kathy Svark to do this time? You obviously you talk about her every time Brisbane play, so <laughs> we need a little for good reason. I know oh exactly. I, I will. So I will say that it's for a very good reason. She's a very very good player. What do you think the plan is for her in this game? Is it going to be similar? Is it going to be the same Davy matchup, or is it going to be something different? I think Brisbane have got to back in both their defensive unit and Kathy Svark again because um, uh, even though. Collingwood might be aware of how they operate now, having seen them a lot this year, but also having played them. Kathy Svark is good enough that even if you know she's going to tag you, you can't do a lot about it. Mm. Your other midfielders just have to lift in that circumstance. Bree Davey had a record-breaking 31 touches um, last week, the first player ever to have more than 30 touches in a final. Um, And and limiting her is so important. And... um, I see Collingwood as a really different side to a lot of the other really good sides. So we talk about Adelaide and their goal-kicking spread and how they've got leaders across all lines. And you look at Brisbane and um, talk about how, you know, in the coaches' vote, um, coaches' awards, they don't really have anyone right up there because every week it's a really even contribution. And then we talk about Melbourne and, and that being a very similar situation. At Collingwood, I think there's a really big gulf between their best players that stand up and do a lot of the work and the players that are maybe the bottom five or six. And I think that could hurt them in a final against a really good side like Brisbane, because if you can limit what Bree Davey can do and then your defense structures up in a way that Chloe Molloy can't get into the game, which is exactly what happened in round seven, they find it really hard to get a handle on a game like that. Yeah, and and you mentioned those players for Collingwood that you know might not be the stars that we all see. What's the key for them to to step up in this game? We know what Davey can do, we know what Benici can do, but what what are the other players that we don't know that probably could have a big impact in this one? Yeah, so I like to equate it a little bit to, and because we're talking about Brisbane here, yeah. um, you know, Courtney Hodder. We talk about the flashy stuff and the goals that she kicks and all of that. But the fact that all of that comes off the work rate that she does right across the ground when she doesn't have the ball, the fact that she has eight eight tackles a week um, without the ball, away from the ball. Uh, Dakota Davidson, she's never flat-footed. She's always ready to leap when she needs and she's going from contest to contest to impact it. That's what you want from uh, Collingwood's like bottom end. And I think last week, and I talked about in the review, Erica Fowler had 10 one percenters in the game. That's what you need. And you need more players like uh, Joanna Lynn, like uh, Mickey can like an Erica Fowler to be doing that stuff because that allows your star players to, you know, put the score on the board. But uh, yeah, Bella Smith, players like that need to be doing those little things. And we're not seeing it as much from Collingwood as we are from the other three final sides. Does that mean Collingwood won't win this one? I'm tipping Brisbane by 10. I I just think Brisbane are... I, we talk about it being Victorian-centric and they're underrated and they're this and they're that. You know, they're a side that you underrate because people don't know the names. But... 
Lauren Arnell is doing so much in her, I think she's 32 now. She is having the best career best year. Yeah. Like all of these players are doing the little things that make a really big difference. And I can't go past that for Brisbane. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions as well. I really think. I think they deserve it as well. They've had such a roller coaster season um, and they've had mm-hmm. to do a lot of the hard yards and have proven a lot of people wrong, like you said. So, yeah, I th- and I think at the Gabba as well, I think it'd be a really big opportunity for them to really say thanks to their home fans for sticking by them, even though they didn't re- really get to see them, you know, that much this yeah. season kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm going to tip the Lions by five. I think it's still be, by five. It's gonna be close, but I still reckon the Lions will get a win. So you think this will be closer than the other one? Yeah, I don't know. I just oh, I, it was close mate. last time they did play Brisbane and Collingwood, whereas Melbourne and Adelaide was a bit different. I mean, it, it, like the scoreboard said it was close, but when you were watching the game, you just thought like Melbourne are all over them, you know. Uh, well, I mean, Melbourne won by twenty eight points yeah. against Adelaide. Yeah, Brisbane won by three points against Collingwood. See scoreboard. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. So Brisbane and Collingwood will be closer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, are we going to chat a little bit, like tip the men's as well? Absolutely. The men's are coming up. Of course you want to tip the men's. <laughs> well, we got to keep our, keep it going. Keep it going, keep it fresh, keep it fab, keep it cool. <laughs> How good is Thursday night footy, by the way, in the men's? I'm loving it. I love starting my weekend early with a nice Thursday night game. And this Thursday night, you get to watch the Swannies. What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking on the bombers at the SCG. Would you believe it? Seven twenty PM. Are you tipping them? Oh, absolutely! I'm tipping them. Is it going to be like <laughs> a, about you? a six thousand point tip, like you did the Bulldogs last week, or is it just? Gonna I mean, be it was what one hundred and twenty eight points in the. In you were the close. End? You're only about five grand off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Fifty nine hundred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, I think this one's a win by a reasonable margin. There's a lot of um, experience that'll be missing from Essendon. And I know they had a big win on the weekend, but I think that was more about what St. Kilda didn't do um, and less so about what Essendon did do. What about you? I'm tipping the Swannies as well. And while we've got some time, do you want to tell us a bit about the Rising Star this week? There's so many. (laughs) So, yeah, for the first time in history, the Swans have had three Rising Star nominations in a row. Um, last week they broke the record of having the first two in a season and now they've broken the record of having three in a row for the first time. So that's fun. Um, so yeah, Errol Goulden took it out in round one, um, Braden Campbell in round two, and this week was Chad Warner who played two games last year and didn't quite look like he was going to make it, um, which is quite a harsh way of putting it, but he just didn't quite have... The decision-making wasn't able to get into the game as much as you would have hoped as a pressure forward slash inside mid contested player. Um, but this season he's come out, he's obviously a lot fitter, I think, which has a big impact. He also also seems far more confident, which you can see in the way he takes the game on. And that sounds very cliche, but his second goal against Richmond, bursting out of the midfield, collecting the ball, shaking off a tackle, kicking a goal from 50, that's not something a young player does unless they have a lot of confidence and support from their teammates. And seeing that is what's exciting about the Swans right now. It's not the fact that they're winning by big margins. It's not the fact that they're kicking big scores. It's the fact that the young players look comfortable at this level to 
attempt stuff like that. And we're seeing that in Cozzy Pickett as well at Melbourne. Clearly, he has the support and confidence to try things. And that's what you want because them young players playing conservatively isn't going to help them develop. Um, so that's, I think, what makes me really happy and is making a lot of people really happy, I think. Tell you what's making me really happy. It's poor Adelaide of Richmond at Adelaide Oval. is a curtain raiser to the women's in a way. <laughs> I mean, not on the same day. Yeah, the day two. before. The day before, the curtain <laughs> raise. They're just getting the ground warmed up for us. I love it. That's Friday. Friday night, 7.50, Adelaide Oval. It's always a good game between Port and Richmond. Who are you tipping? I'm going to go with Port. I think they um, let themselves down against West Coast. Big time. And we'll look to rectify that. How about you? Uh I'm actually going to go to the Tigers because I reckon they let themselves down against Sydney and they're going to want to rectify it. So, <laughs> well, similar, way, similar motives. Um, we'll see who comes out on top with that kind of aim. So, yes. <laughs> um, and we move over to Saturday now. And our first game at Ballarat in the AFL men's season this year is between the Bulldogs yes. and the Brisbane Lions at 1.35pm. That'll be a great game. Who do you reckon is mm. going to get the win there? Uh, as much as I want to tip Brisbane, mm. um, I think the Dogs will take it out. Yeah, I think the Bulldogs too. I reckon, can't really go past them at the moment. They're probably the most informed team in the comp at the moment. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you could go with Sydney. There's three. Yeah. There's three undefeated teams. I would put them all fairly similar. The Dogs are on top by virtue of their percentage. Yes. They had the um, <laughs> they had the win. fortune. <laughs> Of playing North Melbourne. Um, Melbourne and Sydney have not played a side um, in as poor a form as North Melbourne yet. So, I mean, Melbourne's played GWS, but even then, um, yeah. I think I'd put all three of those teams fairly even keel right now. Yeah, it is pretty even, the AFL mid-season to start off with. And uh, what's, what surprised me was St Kilda's big loss last week against the Bombers. They've mm. got a big task against the Eagles to try and make up for that at 4.35pm, at least at Marvel Stadium, so it's a home ground advantage for them. But do you see them taking this one out? Unfortunately, I don't, unless they get... I mean, Rowan Marshall got through, I think, three quarters of a practice match on the weekend. They desperately need a solid ruck in there to get their midfield up and about, and I'm, I'm not convinced that that'll happen this week, especially against Nick Nat. Oh yeah, Nick Nat's fierce this season. Fierce! I reckon he, <laughs> I reckon he's going to lead the Eagles to a big, big, big win. And I could hear yes. their new song. I, everyone keeps bagging the new song. I quite like I it. I like it. I think it's yeah. very funky and poppy and just makes me happy, you know? I the first I time I learn, I, I still haven't learnt the verse to be fair, but you know, once I will, it will be very, <laughs> be very happy. <laughs> First time I heard it at a game was the um, first Eagles women's game last year against Collingwood at Victoria Park um, as they ran out. And I was there with Casey Simons of Siren and she's a big Eagles supporter and she just burst into tears. And I think the the feeling of that moment, the excitement of it, has made me like the song even more. See if the fans like it. What's the big deal? Why does everyone have to have an opinion? And like, it's an <laughs> awesome song. Because people love song. to be negative. Yeah, but we can't be negative because it's the Baggers playing the Suns at 7.25pm at Metricon Stadium. <laughs> Gemma's just spit out a coffee at my horrible segue. But I think it was pretty good because there's always a reason to smile when the Baggers are playing. And there's a reason to smile when Gemma ticks the Baggers, right? Right? 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Jared Witts injury is devastating. Yeah, oh, um, oh doing totally. Doing his ACL. Yeah, that's so sad. He, he's such an important player for them and a co-captain. Yeah. I... I'm sorry, but I'm going to go with the Suns in this one. I like what they're doing. They're playing fun footy and they're trying things. Um, they, and it's not like Carlton have a big ruck like a Nick Nat that can dominate that big Mark part Pinnet, of eh? the ground. What about him? He's not, a, he's not a player that is going to – he's not a Nick Nat who's going to break away from – take it out of the ruck and break away every time because he can now. Um, so I think the the Suns can adapt in this circumstance. I'm going to go with the Suns. Fine. You're tipping Carlton, I assume. Yeah, that's what I always do. Well, not really, actually. I don't think <laughs> I don't think I tipped them last week and they won. So, oops. <laughs> I'll have to go back and double check. I think I probably tipped Freya. It sounds like something I'd do. Um, no, nope, you tipped Carlton. Okay, there you go. Go the baggers. <laughs> Up the baggers, <laughs> but not up the pies because they're <laughs> they're playing the Giants <laughs> at the MCG, seven twenty-five PM. Same time, really? They have to put the games on at the same time. Jesus. Saturday nights. There's yes. always like that. Well that's me and my part. My my partner goes to Collingwood and I go for Carlton, so we can't go to each other's houses on Saturday night because we're gonna be fighting over the remote. So that's that. But that's my personal life. What are we having? A Giants or Collingwood win? You got to go with Collingwood, given the Giants' injuries, don't you? Yeah, just the Giants. Not even the injuries, just their flatness. They just seemed like very blah. <laughs> there were there were patches last week against Melbourne where they were definitely up and about, but the injuries just took their toll. And yeah, but North Men, they're nowhere near it, are they? Just coming off a big shellacking, and now they're going to go and face the Crows, who I must say are pretty up and about this season. That's at one ten at Marvel Stadium on Sunday. Are they going to get a big win here too? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it'll be as big as um as big as the dogs one was, but I th- think the Adelaide uh, Crows are in with a really good opportunity to stamp their kind of presence on the season. They've had some really good games this year so far. The thing about Tex Walker that a lot of people talk about is, um, you know, maybe he gets cheap freeze or it's the man on the mark rule that has or the the player on the mark rule that has allowed him to play the way he is but you know against the swans he had he got four goals from holding the ball free kicks because of his forward pressure so he's playing a far more well-rounded game than in the past and it's setting the standard for the younger players in that side and I think that has really done a lot for Adelaide I love seeing the Texan up and about it's 
outrageously fun to watch. He's so fun. <laughs> I love the big Texan. Um, but speaking of big players, I think this might be the week that Dangerfield might slot back into the Geelong Cats team. All right. One. There was one more week. One Are you, more. So you're tipping Adelaide? So yeah, you're sorry, Adelaide? I'm tipping Adelaide. Yep, yeah, that's okay. I thought that was a given. Oh, um, harsh, yeah, this is, round, this is round four. He got suspended um, in round one. Oh, this is last week. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so yeah. still without Dangerfield. So Melbourne might be with a chance here. 320 at the MCG. And Melbourne are pretty up and about too. Yeah, no Sean Higgins, no Jeremy Cameron yeah. either. Um, I, I'm tipping Melbourne for this. Yeah, I'm going to tip the D's as well. The Castle looked a bit shaky against the Hawks on Easter Monday, so yeah. Yeah, and the Hawks are not a particularly good side so far this year either, so um, and they could have very well lost that game. So yeah, really? Melbourne I think are going to set themselves up quite well here. Well, let's see how the Hawks go against Frio at Optus Stadium, 4.40pm. It's the last game of round four in the AFLM. Frio should get five back, you'd assume. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that mean the Hawks get a, get a loss next to their name again? Yeah. Uh, Frio played incredibly well two weeks ago at home. Um, got a big, big win. They're back at then, home with five back. Just tell us what happened after that. They got a shellacking by the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they did. But I think going back home, been. getting oh, five back. Anyway. Yeah, Harry Mackay kicking 7-5. Yeah, could have kicked 12. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Freo here. What about you? Yeah, I'm tipping Freo as well. I really, I've loved their season. I was actually pretty disappointed to see them lose by that much against my mob. I thought they were, I thought they were going to be a really good team this season because I just like the foundations. Mm. So they, they are building. Oh, totally. It's just, I just feel bad for all the injuries in round one as well. So yeah, there's just a lot of, uh, on that topic as well, a lot of injuries this season too in AFLM. Yeah, and there are likely a number of factors going into that. The longer quarters, the limited rotations, yeah. um, the want to play faster football given some rule changes that I'm sure there's – like when we talk about um, in the W and, um, you know, how many ACL injuries there are, X and Y, um, there are a number of factors that, of factors that go into that um, and I'm sure that is the same case with the men's as well. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And we hope all those players do get better. Um but yeah, if you're not heading to an AFLM game, head over to a VFLW game. I've got the fixtures up. I might just yes. reel off a couple of games for you. There's no AFLW games in Victoria this weekend. So if you're in Victoria, you want some footy festival feed, I don't know, think of more F words. I won't say the one that's on everyone's <laughs> lips, but let's move. <laughs> we'll leave that. What, what's your saying? I love fun. We love, I love footy, footy. We I love, love fun. We love finals. <laughs> And we love the VFLW. Round six coming up. Oh, there's some tasty matchups, I must say. Kicking off at Box Hill City Oval, 10 a.m. on Saturday. Hawthorne versus Essendon. So there's two, yes. two standalone teams. So a real chance to test themselves here and see what comes out of that. Um, then we have the Southern Saints against Williamstown, also 10 a.m. That's at Trevor Barker Oval. I, must, I went to the um, AFLW under-18 champs on Good Friday. The deck. Yes, you commentated that. I did commentate that. The deck is looking absolutely magnificent, so I reckon that'll be a cracking game. The Southern Saints are in some pretty good form. I reckon it's going to be a pretty even game, actually. The Saints and Williamstown both have some good wins, but also some equally bad losses. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this contest. Um, 
but a contest everyone should be excited for. The classic rivalry, Collingwood Carlton, Victoria Park, 12 a.m. on Saturday. That's going to be a I'm hoping everyone can get down to that one. That's going to be a great game. Collingwood undefeated, but we know Collingwood Carlton are always good games, no matter what gender, no matter what ground, no matter what time, no matter what day, no matter what ladder position. It's always good. <laughs> no matter what league. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just put them anywhere. <laughs> They'll play good. Um, but two teams that are struggling, and this might be a chance for perhaps Darabin to get their first win of the season against North Melbourne at Arden Street. That's at 2 o'clock. Also on the Saturday, all games were on Saturday, by the way, this week, as far as we know. Uh, by the time, Which is, by the time this mean, might get released, it might it might change to Sunday. We're hearing a bit of whispers; it could get changed. But yeah, at this stage, it's Saturday. <laughs> as are both of the AFLW finals as well. So yeah. there's a, a lot happening on Saturday. A lot, a lot happening. But yeah, like we said, you can't go to any AFLW. So a couple of AFLW options for you. Another undefeated team you can go and see is Port Melbourne. They are taking the comp by storm this year. They're going up against the Bulldogs at North Port Oval at two o'clock. Um, and then your gals, the Casey Demons taking on the Cats. That's at 3 o'clock at Casey Field. So if you want to make the trek down to Casey once again, Jem, two weeks in a row, feel free. I apologise, but I'm not sure I'll be doing that. Uh, it's so far away. I know. It's just like no matter where you, I feel like no matter where you live, it's just far. It's just, you can live well, near the airport. You can live near the city. You can live wherever. It's just always far, Casey Fields, even if you live in so Casey. So far. It's, it's far. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful ground itself. Like oh, the it's deck brilliant. is incredible, but it is just very far away. <laughs> we try. We we'll, try. We're trying, Casey. Don't worry. We will get down to a game. I've been there four we... times this year. Yes, you've been. Yeah, I've got to get down myself. So I've got to get myself a little slap in the bum to get myself going. But <laughs> I will. Don't worry. Don't worry at all. I'll be there. I'm sure everyone will be there. It's VFLW, it's AFLW, it's AFLM. It's Saturday. Footy fun, footy finals. <laughs> uh, Julia, I'm going to be really sad that next week's our last one of these for the year. Oh, I'm really sad too. And don't make me talk about it because I'll probably cry because it's been fabulous and fun. And I'm going to stop with these F words because I'm just on a <laughs> ro- Just on a rock. <laughs> But yes, last podcast next week. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, hopefully, you know, we're, we're going to make it really fun. We're going to have a really fun footy podcast. And we hope to have you all interact with us as well. Send us in your questions, your burning questions for the grand final. What do you want to know about us? What do you don't want to know about us? Anything. <laughs> it's all on the table in the final week. It's fun Friday. Basically, you know, it's like the Friday before knockoff, before, before you go on Christmas break. That's what it is. It just it is a bit like yeah, that. Yeah, it's actually. like muck up day. You know, that, this is what it is. Our next our podcast next week is officially called Muck Up Day. <laughs> okay, we'll try to. I'll try to get an extra guest on as well. That's what I'm working on. Ooh, I'm excited. I hope you guys are too. Make sure you tune in next week for a special guest, Fun Friday, Footy Festival. Finals, grand final, muck up day. I don't know what we're calling it, but there's so many names and so many words and I've got to shut up before. (laughs) Okay, goodbye everybody.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 